It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 160, entitled The Ugly Wave. It was recorded on Monday, the 26th of April, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Lacey, as I am each and every week, but also this week by just one guest, Lee Matthew Jackson. We talk about the WordPress news for the week commencing last Monday, and that includes all about how Anne McCarthy is taking on the role of giving us information about full-site editing. I did a podcast over on WP Tavern about that, and we discuss it. We also talk about the new version of Toolset Blocks, version 1.5 and how it's speeding up your WordPress websites and what we think about it. There's a new WordPress form builder in town. It's called Formality. And whilst we don't talk about the plugin itself, we talk about their lovely new website. Automatic has also launched a new Boost plugin. It's called Jetpack Boost and it hopes to speed up your WordPress websites. Paul's got a bit to say about that and not all of it is good. We've also had some targeted attacks on Elementor add-ons this week and we discuss how that may affect your WordPress websites. And last but not least, it has been discussed this week that maybe if you put out adverts which don't paint WordPress in a particularly positive light, should you be allowed to advertise at WordCamps? It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you by Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that ensures simplicity, performance and security. It offers cloud servers from five different cloud providers that you can manage through its intuitive platform. Some of the features include 24-7 support, free migrations and dedicated firewalls. Check it out at cloudways.com and by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. I think it's working. That's what this episode is going to be called. It's episode 160, I think, now of the WP Builds This Week in WordPress show. <laughs> I think it's working. We had a bit of a, well, you won't obviously know if you weren't here um, actually on the show, but a couple of minutes ago we made it all start, but nothing happened. So this is our, <laughs> this is our second run at it. This week in WordPress, honestly, I do think this is episode number 160, but I'm not entirely sure Paul can straighten us out. As always, Paul Lacey um, joined, joining us this week. He's the co-host, but he's got some kind of new gear in his room this week. What's that behind your shoulder? Yeah. I've always got new gear. Number one, I swapped out one Kallax unit from Ikea for a different Kallax unit. So that was yes. a pretty exciting moment. And now my big space picture, which I talked about a few weeks ago, finally came in the post. I've yet to stick it on the wall properly, but I couldn't resist just putting it next to the wall. But I'm going to tell you, I'm. Do you know what? I don't know why. I feel a bit nervous this week about the show. I don't know. I've got a few state, you know, like butterflies about uh, doing this. I'm not sure what that is. And the other thing I know for sure is why it didn't work as well. Uh, when we when we do the intro, normally I do a little dance for you, Nathan. 
And ah. that's the magic that makes the StreamYard thing work. And the second time we tried it, both me and Lee did little dances for you <laughs> that you could see. And now it worked. So now we know that's that was the problem. The key. The key is the dancing. Dance. So yeah. joined uh, on my ensemble this week of dancers, we'll have Paul Lacey, as we've already introduced, but we've got Lee, Lee Matthew Jackson. Hello, Lee. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. It's very nice to have you here. We we may well be interrupted at some point during this show because we were hoping to have a uh, another guest on as well, but they they don't appear to have arrived just yet, and that may be because of poor communication on my part, but also sometimes the clocks get messed up and calendar events get missed and so on. Mm-hmm. But um, we've got the we've got the introduction at the ready. Lee is going to be introduced by Paul with his breathtakingly enormous. Uh, introduction so oh. go paul this is going to take hours okay yeah so it is a big <laughs> one uh lee matthew jackson is the host of the agency trailblazer podcast also the organizer of the agency transformation live events the co-founder of event engine and a cloudways maverick where he's joined by the other cloudways mavericks to help freelancers and agencies get past their well-being and growth barriers allowing them to move forward in business and lee's also been releasing a podcast series <laughs> on a podcast about starting a podcast, which is very meta, but all very and it's good. free, and it's totally free and Real it's available free. where Lee, uh, agencytrailblazer.com forward slash podcasting. And can I say something else? You know, I want to, uh, you guys need to apologize because it's pretty much the fault of the two of you in combination that people have to listen to me on podcasts and on stage <laughs> and stuff like that. Basically, the two of you between you are responsible for um, giving me a little bit of overconfidence and making mm. me turn up for these kind of things all the time. So, so well, thank you for that. And I'm, no, no, I no, I take no blame. Really it was great. Lee that gave me, a, I think it was 20 quid to put you on the uh, <laughs> the first episode. And so, you know, it's all up to yeah. Lee, basically. <laughs> Lee, do you want to tell us a bit about your podcast yeah, series please. that yeah. is about a podcast? Because we were talking about that just before we went live, and it seems that me and Nathan could probably benefit from it for starters. Sure. So. Well, the Agency Trailblazer podcast, if you don't know, is um, arch nemesis of... No, it's not really. We're all good friends. Uh, I've been running a podcast since 2015, agencytrailblazer.com. You can find it. And I'm an agency owner. I've got two of my own agencies and went through a really, really bad time back in the last recession. And we kind of weathered that storm and have since had a whole load of great successes, a lot of failures as well. And what I've done since 2015 is interview people and also share personal experiences of where it's all gone wrong and how we've made it right. I have no agenda other than to help people who have um, essentially behind me was where I was stood crying a few years ago because I was having one of the worst days of my life. And it was that day I thought, I've got to help people. When I get through this, I've got to help other people. So the podcast is all about helping other people um, live their agency and keep it. That's essentially our our mantra. We've got nothing to sell you. We have a few courses to help keep the lights on, which you're by all means feel free to buy, but we just do this for love. Um, and there is a podcast series out right now, which tells you how to start your own podcast right from planning all the way through to delivering that podcast, editing it, monetizing it, and all of that sort of stuff. And I've got no podcast casting course to sell you. It's just my own experience over the last few years. And hopefully your agency can stand out in your niche. Thank you. Was that good enough? That was great. I was cool. being quite sarcastic earlier when I said to Paul, can you read out 
Lee's introduction because Lee only wrote the following words. Lee is the host of the Agency Trailblazer podcast, and Paul made the rest that of it, it up on the on the fly, which is quite. I know enough about I know enough about Lee to uh, to know all the different. And that's things all I tell done. people. I, if yeah. people ask who I am, I'm the host of the Agency Trailblazer podcast. That's it. So that's usually how I get introduced. Okay. I yeah, was quite yeah. surprised at that long introduction. I quite liked it. I'm yeah, it was good. I'm going to lie. Yeah, we'll, it was we'll, pretty we'll, cool. When we get the transcript on, we'll send it over as the perfect way of introducing yourself Hello, in my the name future. Is Lee. Get it all squeezed onto a tiny business card that you can hand out <laughs> when you return to the real world. Brilliant. Right. We're not here to talk about, well, we are, let's be honest. We're here to just waste your time and hopefully give you some WordPress news along the way. Let me just say what we're doing. We're covering the WordPress news for the week commencing the 19th of April. Basically, it's the last seven days. I'm going to quickly share my screen if I can remember how to do that because I had to refresh things just before we started. Which one's it going to be? It'll probably be that one. Yes. I'm going to cut to the chase because we've already used up quite a bit of time. Um, WPBuilds.com is the website where you can find all of our content. But we've got a... A, an event coming fairly soon uh, called the Page Builder Summit. It's Page Builder Summit 2.0. You can find it at pagebuildersummit.com and uh, you'll be able to see a, a whole bunch of different speakers. Let's see if there's anybody of interest in here, shall we? Um, so far, so good. Oh, da, da, da. That's, oh no. look at that chap. No. Look at that chap. Oh, yeah, Jonathan, look looking chap. good there. You're you're looking like you're from the 1930s there, but you're very black and white. You're the only one I think who yeah. submitted a black and white photo. That's cool. So anyway, look at, look at those pictures. Who who's having a midlife crisis with the baseball caps in those pictures? Who I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that are listening rather than watching, it's uh, Paul Lacey is one of the people speaking there, and so is Lee Matthew Jackson. There's a whole bunch of people currently. It's standing at about 37. Hopefully, we've got a few surprises in store as well. Things that are not on that screen. But if you fancy joining us, it starts on the 10th of May, runs for five days, six or seven speakers each day. And we'd love to have you there. Okay, let me take that thing away and let's get stuck into the main sort of news that we're talking about this week. We've got five or six pieces lined up, maybe six or seven, depending on how the time goes. But the first one is over here. This is um, a podcast. I, I confess, I didn't. I Did I put this one in, Paul, or did you put this one in? I think I put it in. Yeah. Oh, I hope it was uh, you because it yeah. seems like I've got an inflated ego if um if it was me. Um <laughs> I just thought it was your ego. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's a uh, it's a piece, it's a podcast episode speaking of podcasts that I recorded recently with um Anne McCarthy over on not on the WP build side of things. If you didn't know I've I've been lucky enough to to do the WP Tavern podcast for two episodes now. And anybody who is interested in full site editing, whilst there's a team working on it, somebody who is is very much a part of that team is is Anne, Anne McCarthy from Automatic, and we talk for about probably about forty minutes about how uh, full site editing came about, what were the criteria that were set up to make it happen. And probably more importantly for everybody, we get into the topic of where it's at now and what's coming in the near future and how it's shaping up. There's a, there's, this seems to be, I would say, even more, no, perhaps not more so, but just like Gutenberg did, this seems to be causing a lot of anxiety in the space, people wondering whether or not this, this it really, de it really deserves to be in core or whether it's something that should be a plugin, whether it's going to disrupt their career. If you're a theme developer, what does it mean for you? If you're a plugin developer, what, do, what does it mean for you? 
And so it's a podcast episode all about that. I would urge you to go and listen to it. You'll, you, I think you'll come away thinking that it, the stewardship of it is is good. You know, there's there's an awful lot of people who've got a lot of um, a lot of things to consider, shall we say? And that was one of the things that came out of it. When you've got forty one percent of the web, you can't just roll features out quickly. You have to do it really deliberately, slowly, and get as much feedback as you can along the way. Um, and so, you know, if you're used to something like I don't know Beaver Builder or Elementor, which can iterate really much much more quickly that's not what this project is for it's for uh, it's for helping the entire 41 percent of the web that's using wordpress anyway i've probably droned on for long enough so i'm just gonna say paul lee fight it out i, I think we should uh hand over to lee first um especially because like uh, we actually covered an article a couple of weeks ago um where lee you actually wrote an article saying you were more or less kind of done with using WordPress as like your main thing. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if, you know, the future and and some of the things you were talking about in that article was um, how you, you felt that the direction of WordPress was going in more of like a, a Wix direction with, um, you know, sort of no code, low code stuff, which is absolutely fine for, you know, if that's what people want and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it seems to me that everyone goes through a journey with this uh, whole full site editing thing. And uh, I was, I've gone from like raging mad to, to kind of really on board to sort of in between it changes every week. So That's I was wondering where you're at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, wondering where you are. So I think I still stand by the article I wrote uh, um, a few weeks ago. So what we're doing is we, are, we have stopped implementing WordPress solutions for uh, clients uh, as a mainstream. We have one WordPress solution that's multi-site that's um, it's about a 10-year-old product now. So that's not going anywhere soon. We can't just move overnight. So that will continue to be sold as a product. But for all of our new products, we're moving away. We're going to a Python Django framework. And for client sites where we need to build client sites, again, we're going Django uh, Python framework, MVC model sort of stuff now, um, simply for the flexibility and the fact that we need to get our hands dirty. We don't want to be reliant on all the you know different updates that keep coming in from different packages and getting nasty surprises. So we kind of want to own everything. That's the main reason uh, we're doing that. And WordPress in in itself is constantly changing and um, and seems to be changing direction as well. So what was originally 10 years ago a framework, uh, a development framework, it felt like it was a blogging platform, simple page CMS with a real powerful framework underneath that developers could utilize to create powerful websites. And it seems to be morphing into more of an implementer tool where people with little to no code experience whatsoever can build their own sites, that's great, but also start up their own agencies and provide a service as such. And there are people doing that amazingly well, and there's also people doing it terribly, which is giving the industry a bad name. My concern for WordPress and my concern for here for FSE is that um, WordPress itself is kind of, I feel like it's losing its direction a little bit. Um, it, 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 it felt like 10 years ago, there were two very clear audiences. There were the people who needed to blog, and then there were the tech people who wanted to build sites with the framework. It was pretty clear cut. There was just kind of two camps. I could be wrong, but I felt like that's where it's always been. And you either bought a theme that was pretty and easy to use, which would look nice for your blog, or you would build something and have loads of fun. And there was two kind of 
uh, big communities there and everything's kind of diverged with the page builders which they've been phenomenal the page builders have etc but it, it feels that wordpress itself trying to do full site editing trying to throw all of these uh, easier tools because it has 40 percent of the internet i think that's the reason they're doing it and they're trying to appeal to more people i think that's actually diluting the power of wordpress itself um, uh, so much so that you're seeing, I think we'll be talking about it later, you're actually seeing some companies bad-mouthing WordPress because they're getting a little bit scared, like Wix and Squarespace and all the... Actually, I don't think Squarespace have bad-mouthed WordPress, and I quite like Squarespace. Um, <laughs> great adverts. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like, for me, WordPress is probably trying to go too far. Gutenberg still feels bloated, doesn't feel finished, feels really hard to use. If we're then going to go on and give people the ability to do near on everything, um, as well as somehow incorporate all of the existing plugins that are already there. Um, I'm, I'm confused as to what direction WordPress is going and who the target audience is for it nowadays. Does that make sense? And I think yeah. that's why you're going from one end to the other. One minute you're thinking like a, a, you know, a user of WordPress going, oh, this will be great for my website. And when I administer it, I'll be able to do this really easy. And then when you think like an agency owner, you'll think, oh, man, this is going to be really frustrating because how am I now going to build custom field or how am I now going to do this? Or what's that going to do to that uh, framework I've been using for the last 20 years and that plugin or et cetera. So I think that's why people are going all over the place. Cause I'm not sure even from this episode and Anne was fantastic, but I wasn't sure who the target audience was. I was also concerned last point also concerned cause she pointed out all the different things that need to be considered. And I'll echo what Nathan said about the stewardship sounds great. There are so many things that need to be considered, you know, internationalization uh, was one of the things she mentions accessibility, et cetera. And how, Doing this will affect all of those core plugins, you know, like page builders, et cetera. Um, it sounds like a, another huge job. Uh, it sounds like something that I could end up bloating the core if it's all done in core um, and run the risk of peeing off the 40% of the internet that's currently using WordPress. That's, that's kind of my old man two pennies worth um, in the pub solving world piece. Oh, imagine imagine the days when we can actually go in the I pub and have these, have these conversations <laughs> properly. So, Paul, it's your turn because I introduced it. Lee's had his turn. What, what's yeah. where are you at right now? I think uh, you've you've hit the nail on the head in terms of why I'm flipping and why probably other people are flipping. Mm. You know, flip flopping from one side of <laughs> you know happiness about the the whole WordPress project to complete at times despair, and it mm. is you know. Your business is reliant on WordPress, which mine is or was, then you can definitely feel threatened by what's going on. And that's quite rightly so, because if you know, we see we see new products come out in WordPress all the time, and most of the business owners are quite happy to jump on a new product. Mm. Like, oh, here's a new page builder. Oh, awesome. I'm gonna check that out and I and I think it's pretty cool and I'm gonna use it for my clients or whatever, or for, or for my new business idea, I'm gonna use it for my own website. And I think that the one of the problems is is that the block editor and, and all of those things are, are seemingly sort of replacing a system that has worked for us for so, so long. But when you see what is coming out, you think that is not a good replacement for what I've got yet. And then and then you flip to the other side and you think, well, I guess the tools that I'm using are kind of just for me and that's my business needs and everything. And I guess there's some you know, other aspects in there. And the one thing that I do agree with in terms of the, um, well, there's, mo there's multiple things that I agree with on, on what you said, Lee, and there's multiple things that I'm kind of swinging, trying to get my head around 
to to get on board with things. One of the things that I think is important at the moment with that project is that what you can see is all the hosting companies, they're all building like a platform. Then you've got Wix and Squarespace, et cetera, having their platform. Then you've got companies even like the page builders like Elementor building a platform uh, where they all kind of have a plan really to monetize and lock the end user in. And the one thing that I've heard uh, Anne and the rest of her team talk about a couple of times is this anxiety about WordPress becoming a a locked-in system because all of the platforms and all the different people with huge amounts of millions and zillions of dollars are able to take that software and then lock the end users in. So one of the things they're quite passionate about is trying to make sure there is always an option that you can do all the stuff. You can build your whole site, et cetera, without worrying about this plugin got bought by that company. So if you want to use it now, you need to use this hosting or whatever. So I totally onboarded that. But I also just feel equal anxiety at times when I look at the block editor, how it is, and think, I really think there's more work to be, like a lot more work to be done on that until they start building out the other things. And my biggest anxiety for the whole project has been that there's like a seeming, it seems like there's a rush to move forward. And that's that's been my main anxiety. But I will say, having spoken to Anne a number of times now, and she's been on the show, listened to the podcast, I've spoken to her a number of times on Slack and email and stuff like that. I'm getting the impression that they are trying to build a foundation that people can then build upon. So in a way, we've kind of got to wait for a year or two to see what all the third parties build on top. But it is so difficult to see mm. uh, what what they're going to build on top there. There's one, one more point I want to make, um, and none of these are answering your points in particular as such. It's just the things that are in my head, and that is about their user uh, feedback program that I can see and this is cool, you know, this is one, this is a cool thing and like a, a worrying thing that I can see from the full site editing um, program that Anne is running, that all the people that took part, you can almost see their influence on what the next step was. And that's cool. I'm like, yeah, you know, I said that point and they've taken notice of that. And wow, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sort of mildly in the road, you know, in the kind of the fabric of WordPress through that comment that I made on the feedback. But then I'm like, but there was only like 20 people who were asked. So, you know, sh- shouldn't, shouldn't we get like a thousand people that, that then you can see that a thousand people fed back and, uh, and, and the roadmap shifted a little bit rather than a tiny, tiny little group of people. So it's cool and it's also worrying. And I think that it would be really good if somehow, you know, outside of automatic and, and all that, uh, a lot more testing could be done and, and feeding back. I do think that the team at Automatic have got to be more open on how they receive feedback. And Anne is talking about that a lot in the podcast, actually, about how she's learning that, you know, you can email her or you can send videos or anything like that. But there is like a Slack group and a GitHub thing, and it and it feels a little bit like a barrier. It's not. It's not that difficult to join uh, these things, but it's still much easier. You know, let's say let's say a new new tool comes out, Bricks Builder. I was in, uh, you know, Kyle Van Dusen's group, um, the admin bar. This new Bricks Builder thing comes out, and there's like 250 comments about it in five minutes. You know, that's a slight exaggeration, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so I do that, get your point. Yeah. All anxieties, really. That's yeah. it. it's sort of 
difficult at the moment to to figure everything out. Yes. There's quite a few comments coming in about this. Um, I probably won't mention them all. I've been putting them on the screen, but I'll just do a couple. Um, so, for example, um, this comment came from Lawrence Lodomery, Um just prior after, sorry, Lee mentioned his um, concerns. He said the counter argument is more that um, is more and more folk, even in an ecosystem, becoming more messy. Uh, they're doing more with WordPress. To and there was also Charlie, who's got an, an interesting one: the idea of um, a fork, which needs to take it back to a framework. That is totally possible, of course, Charlie. If you wish to do that, the, the code is there for you to to do anything you anything you wish to do Call with it. Charlie Press. Yeah, Charlie Press. That's a nice idea. Yeah. <laughs> the um, and then Peter, thanks for joining us yet again, Peter. Um, I think that Anne has done a great job communicating how FSE won't affect WordPress users unless they specifically and deliberately want to use it. But her message just needs to be shared more, and that speaks to Paul's point. And the, I, I, I get that, Paul. I really do understand it. It would appear that there's a quite a small audience of people. So, you know, you, you go to any random Facebook group, which is fairly vibrant, and you could you could put a post out. And like you said, your exaggeration is not necessarily an exaggeration. You really could genuinely have 200 comments within a 24-hour period, mm. whereas over on the way that they've got things set up on the WordPress side, I think I feel there's, there, it is more difficult. You have to become... You have to become interested, and you have to be interested prior to making those those comments. So that's a that's a valuable point to make. Yeah, and I think they're missing out on feedback that would be really really valuable from certain corners. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like um, if I launch, you know, if I launch a new product, some kind of widget. I don't mean like a WordPress widget, some kind of object or something that I make. I can either, and and I don't know if I've got an audience yet. I can either create an online shop and try and sell this widget and hope people find me or I can put it on Amazon and that's where the people are and that's where the people are searching so sometimes I think uh, the core team because they're moving into this product area would really benefit from expanding that outreach putting some more human resource to help and probably to expand and say okay you've got the core outreach which is outreach in our front room uh and then an, an, an extra special outreach that was actual outreach where you go out of your own property to other places and, and start speaking to, and Anna's starting to do that because she's in these, you know, on podcasts and stuff like that now. So she's spreading the word, but it feels to me that she could probably do with some more human resource to, to get, you know, to, to get more voices from different corners of WordPress involved. Mm -hmm. But the, the other thing as well, Lee, you know, I totally get that you just kind of like, do you know what? You know, my business has these needs now. I'm not interested in worrying about this or that anymore. I'm just going to go with this this other platform, Django and Python, which sounds so technical. I mean, I'd love to. I wish that was an option for me. <laughs> but um, but I, I totally get that a lot of people are going to do that. That's just me say, you know what? I don't care about this stuff. I don't care about talking about it. I just want a good uh, software base. Uh, uh, that one is stable. It's staying put. I'm going to go with that. I think a lot of people will. In that direction, no, uh... Uh, exactly. And again, it's it's all part. It's just the target audience, isn't it? In fact, Lawrence uh, clarified um, his comments, saying he meant a barrier to entry to get the website up. Where I was approaching it from a different angle, as in a lot of uh, companies starting to provide web services with little to no. 
um, experience in web design or development or even the ability to support people. And it's something I talk about in that podcast episode a few weeks ago where this, this kind of become this subgroup of implementers that are unfortunately making a bit of a bad name for themselves and for the WordPress community by not necessarily doing a great job getting people online. I'm all for making it easy for new people to get online or easy for developers to create great websites. But my massive concern is just this big, massive blob in the middle of gray area that sounds confusing. And I was concerned that um, WordPress may be trying to just please too many people and not specifying these are our two. You can have more than one target user that's fine but it's like sticking their stake in the ground and saying these are the people we are supporting and reaching out to mm-hmm. uh, or that we that wordpress is for because if a brand gets diluted uh, it's really hard to work out what it stands for mm-hmm. salesforce had the same problem many years ago when they were trying to do all things for all people and then stuck their stake in the ground with sales and then created their marketplace etc which made it very obvious that they were you know it's it, it can get really messy otherwise mm. Well, thank you. That was quite a long time on that one. Um, sorry. Yeah. Can I just no, ask no, no. one more question? Uh, just sorry, just just before we move on to the other one, because uh, well, first of all, everyone, make sure you go and listen to the podcast because that was actually what the news item was about. But <laughs> it is difficult to 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 not get uh, pushed onto onto the bigger picture things mm. whenever there is anything about full site editing. Um, but Lee, I was just going to say, um, from your perspective, what if you were you know Matt Mullenweg or um, or some, you know, someone else senior in um, in WordPress.org. What what could they do? You know, in in a nutshell, what could they do to win hearts and minds and help people understand what they're doing a bit better? Uh, well, I mean, they could promote Anne to be the global communicator of this if if she hasn't already, because she's a great great speaker and she's great yeah. at describing what's going on. Uh, but also, um, I think it's a difficult one. Because you've got Automatic being one of the big companies with many millions owning many facets of WordPress like Jetpack and WooCommerce and other products that they've purchased. And then you've got all these other big brands as well, haven't you? Which was the thing you were talking about earlier, this concern of all of these big corporate brands. WordPress at its heart is an open source community, people contributing to core for the betterment of mankind, etc. And it's always hard to separate Matt and the team at Automatic um from wordpress core itself hence all the big problems they had with gutenberg etc of people saying well you're only building it because you want to compete with wix for wordpress.com that was the opinion that was going around in the comments of wp tavern and other websites uh people just felt cross so i i know there is the wordpress foundation but i i do wonder whether p- people from outside automatic should be able to I don't know, communications could or should come from some other committee outside of Automatic itself, because I do think people always assume uh, the, you know, how everyone slags off Google for being evil or any other big corporate company. I said in a comment a few weeks ago on one of these shows, um, it's fashionable to not like certain brands as they get bigger. And I think that's usually the Achilles heels of most projects. There's a big brand behind it and people become, it becomes fashionable to dislike and to hate on them. So mm. if there's any way they can start to separate the two, I think that would help. The um, One of the things that I think Paul highlighted earlier, which would be quite – I don't know what the constraints are on this, but you were saying, Paul, you know, you'd put your product on Amazon because it's where the audience are. Mm. That feels to – like would be quite a good idea. And Peter's making the point here. Um, he says, I found it surprising that the number of people responding to Anne's FSE tests are as low as they are. Hence the need to eventually move to core, but not forced. Mm. Um, 
And if they were allowed, and I don't know that they're disallowed, but it would seem that a lot of those conversations happen in GitHub and Slack and what have you. And and if they could be moved to somewhere where the audience are mm. um, in a way which was, I don't know, threaded in some sense so that you could actually follow along with what people were talking about. So Twitter probably wouldn't be the right place. But dare I say it, Facebook groups could be a possible place to capture an audience. I'm, I'm trying as hard as possible not to use Facebook, but it does appear to be where every man and his dog are, at, are already there. So, you know, maybe, but not for me to decide. Okay, shall we move on? Shall yes. we move on? Okay, indeed, indeed. Right, let me put this back on the screen. So oh. that was the piece anyway, this uh, WP. Yeah, next up we've got Toolset, haven't we? Toolset, which is, um... Yep. Toolset 1.5, and um, so we covered Toolset uh, every, quite quite regularly on this show. Toolset is probably leading the way in real innovation, I think, and uh, they're definitely one of the, the trailblazers, for want of a better word, um, leading the way with the block editor and and how you can actually create full sites with the block editor. You know, archive views, searches, uh, search and you know, search re results, single post templates, that kind of stuff that we're used to seeing in tools like Beaver Thema and Elementor and those kind of tools. Um, they've just uh, released 1.5. And what is, there's not too much to say about this other than they're doing something quite interesting, which is they're focused, they're focusing a little bit now on performance. But what mm. they're doing is they're building performance optimization into the blocks themselves. So let's say that they're putting a, um, YouTube video block in there or something, or you've got a YouTube video in there, then the block itself or the toolset system is automatically knowing that that has got a YouTube video and it's already stripping out the junk that it needs to strip out so that it can defer the correct the, the correct um, scripts that it already knows are going to be there because it knows what YouTube brings with it. And as a result, gives you um, a much more faster loading website, especially for all this core Web Vital stuff, without you having to you know, just produce a load of junk and then add a caching plugin on the top mm -hmm. of it at the end and hope that that clears everything up. But further down the page, Nathan, and obviously there's no, you know, there's no verification of this uh, this chart that they show. But um, oh, actually, do you know what? I think is if this is the is this the Tavern podcast? No, yeah, this this is, the this is they're, they're yeah. comparing here WP Beginner and Tavern. They're just trying to make the point that's you know, if you run these tests, some yeah. sites do well, some sites don't, so on. Yeah. That's right. If you go a little bit further down, they they show the kind of uh, this, this. Keep going uh, for those listening. Sorry about this part. Somewhere down there, there's a nice chart that kind of shows the huge difference it's made to one page and another without here it is without any caching plugins at all. And you can see that if you're watching this, the performance is significantly improved by just the optimization they've done on their own blocks. And what I like about that, and it's something similar to what I've seen with a company called SEO, a plugin called SEO Press do, is that they're using blocks to do specifically very cool things. So SEO Press, for instance, has got an FAQ block. And as part of that FAQ block, instead of it just being a, a, the typical accordion, it's also putting the schema tags in there to help that particular FAQ rank better for being an FAQ, for instance. So I do like some of the innovation that's coming coming out of this, and it does give me toolset. Toolset's given me a little bit of hope about, you know, if you're an agency and you saw what toolset are doing, you could you 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 may definitely be thinking, I'm going to take a look at toolset because it's uh it's 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 offering what I need for agencies. The good thing yeah, about that. Sorry, no, Lee. Yeah, please, you go. 
So the good thing about that is Toolset are putting the importance on performance at the plugin level. Um, as yeah. we were transferring over to Django and Python, we were absolutely amazed at how little code we would need to output to create some gorgeous looking websites and how fast they would load. And we've we've been able to achieve like 99% and a 0.1 millisecond load time because it's ridiculous because it's you've not got all of the extra stuff that WordPress itself loads in. Um, but when you then add in all of the other plugins, you know, let's use Elementor or Beaver th uh, with Beaver Thema as an example, if you then look at the source code, there are countless amounts uh, of HTML, CSS, just the third-party JavaScripts, add-ons, everything that all need to load to make that website load. If you then throw in caching into the mix, that obviously does help. I like the tool set. Well, actually, I love the tool set. Uh, are going down this approach, only calling what's needed when needed. Um, there's all sorts of frameworks out there that do things like uh, outputting, um, outputting the static. Uh, rather than uh, automatically, you know, automatically providing stuff from a database every time and slow loading sites, um, and that's the sort of direction I'd love to see WordPress or other plugins go into is kind of focusing more on the performance. So I like the way they're leading. I'm, I'm. This just feels like the new frontier of advertising to me at the moment, which is a good thing because for the longest time we've had ad advertising based upon aesthetics and the way that you know things look and so mm -hmm. on, and and now there's a real there's a real easy way to get the to get the sort of technicalities across. I remember when I was a child, you know, like really young. If you watched a car advert, it would it would describe the features of the car you know they would explain <laughs> yeah. like the engine size and they would explain that it had power steering and a little bit perhaps about how that worked and then fast forward 20 years and then suddenly they don't say anything about the car they just show you like cool pictures of it driving down a road at midnight or something like that and completely no context about what the car is actually good at and it feels to me like pieces like this are getting getting us drawing us back into the technicalities and, and mm -hmm. hanging everything off the back of speed is a really good way to set your company apart i mean we're not far now another month or so before google start to to rank everybody i've just seen pete everett drop in some comments he's probably got an awful lot to <laughs> say about this and um and so the fact that tool set are making a, a big pitch about look if you use our blocks we're going to go out of our way to well one example is we're not going to load any unnecessary bits and pieces they mentioned css um we're only going to load the css that's required for the actual stuff that's on the page and anything that is not needed on the page will be deferred and good for them i think this is great yeah they're doing good and i'll tell you what you've raised an interesting point and it goes back to something Lee said earlier as well, uh, back to the full site editing, which I won't uh, let us get us triggered back into that again. But um, the point is knowing your audience. And uh, because you said, Nathan, about the car adverts, and basically my um, previous business partner, Peter, uh, was doing lots of consulting work in, in user experience design in the automotive industry specifically. And he actually told me, the, the way that is that the products these cars are marketed in for instance Europe versus Japan is completely different so in Europe now and the UK and the states uh, it's the lifestyle it's like I want the car that makes me feel like that I don't care about this stat or that stat or how you know if it's a camera I don't care how many megapixels it's got I want to be a youtuber so I want that camera or something like that Whereas uh, he was telling me that specifically in in the uh, Japanese market for cars, it is 
it is all about the statistics. It's all about, you know, this this many liters of this. I don't even know. We're, we're so out of touch with car stuff like that. I don't even know what what a cool thing to say about a car would be these days. But it does go back to, um, you know, WordPress knowing who its audience is. And I do think briefly back into the full site editing thing, if they do what Lee suggested, promote Anne, pay us some more money, allow her to be the global feedback person or something like that. Make her president. Then get some more people. I'll vote. Yep, president. president <laughs> She's awesome. Yep. Then, uh, then they could they could do more outreach and figure out what you know who their different audiences are. And it is tricky because their audience is forty percent of the web. But if they could define them a little bit more tighter. They could probably uh, figure out a better strategy that would win those hearts and minds and stop people, you know, getting too upset about things um, and thinking it's the big, bad, big brand. And yeah. that, well, is at the top Anne of is it. nice. And she's a great communicator. Yeah. She gets it. Uh, she She's not scared of saying things either. Um, and she is she feels like someone who's approachable and absolutely in touch. I feel like if I met Matt in a room, I'd feel a little bit overawed and a little bit fanboyish and wouldn't know what to say. And he's a little mm. unapproachable and all that sort of stuff. You'd probably not say sorry, wouldn't you? You'd be like, so, sorry, I said some mean things once on the podcast. I would, I would um, worship at his feet. Thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. I, I, we are met, thankful. I met Pat we Flynn once from the SPI though. podcast. Um, yeah. SPI, and I just like blurted out how much I loved him and that, and then walked away red. Like, oh my gosh, I've not even listened to the show for two years. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, um, Lawrence makes the point that it's a bit like Apple's Think Different campaign. They, they, yeah. my, my memory, if memory serves, that was a real sort of watershed moment in advertising mm -hmm. when they, they suddenly made a product cool based upon all sorts of criteria which weren't the technical details like how many gigabytes and megahertz and hard disk size and all that yeah. i'm just old school i really want the hard disk size data i want the i want that the automatic choke what so, would be best for me is a split screen with the cool <laughs> bit going on on one side and the data happening on the other side that would work for me perfectly but yeah. um anyway tool set doing a great job i think it's nice yeah, well we, we are shouting set. out to them like on a uh, at least once every month, aren't we? They we are mentioning them if they aren't already. Well, <laughs> thank you. Um, they, but they we are. We're giving them stuff, loads though. of loads of yeah. positive praise because they're coming out with lots of nice stuff. Based, I think it's just because they're in the block space and they're just pushing it hard, aren't they, and doing really well. Yeah, but think about it like this as well, right? So Toolset was quiet for its, it seemed anyway, for a couple of years. And in a minute, we're getting onto a new form plugin that's coming out, and this is relevant as well. But think about uh, Toolset's competitors, Pods, ACF, uh, Meta, I forgot Metabox. Now. Metabox, yeah, and um, a few others as well. All of those other products tend to be aimed at people like us, that, you know, the people who are creating websites for clients, whereas Toolset, is pivoting, going with the flow, with the uh, the whole WordPress core direction, and it's it's starting to market towards end users as well. So you know, if you can buy shares and toolset, maybe maybe we should. Oh, That'd be a good thing okay. to do. Right. Okay. Heard it here first. Um, you heard it yeah. here first, yeah. yeah. Honestly, don't blame me if you're not regulated out, by the <laughs> No, yeah, take all of that back. Take yeah. it all back. All right, yeah. let's move this on. This is to not constituted advice. <laughs> How is it possible that we have another form builder coming into the WordPress space, right? And I've got to say, 
Okay, the reason that this is is on the page is just because of the reaction that I had when I saw this website. I, I have no idea what this product is like. It's called Formality. The the URL is formality.dev. I did a quick lighthouse test on it, and it didn't do that bad, except on one criteria, it just failed. Uh, it, like Literally, there was just a question mark, like, we don't even know what score to give this. You can go and check that out yourself. But I just, everything about this web page, I love. I have no idea, like I said, um, if it's to your taste or not, but it's just glorious i absolutely love everything that they've done here and i know we shouldn't be doing the slick animations and i know that there's a ton of stuff on here which core web vitals probably will stick its you know stick its nose up at but i just loved it goodness knows what the actual project is going to be like but it seems seems like it's available on github so you can go and fork it's called formality.dev did you like this website guys uh I did. I mean, let's, for those people listening, imagine oh, yeah. when Sorry. a client tells you uh, <laughs> what they want from a website, and they just use words like awesome, oh. slick, this, and, and different, different cool words, and then you know, you know what they're imagining is is something actually quite poor. Uh, but imagine that they ima they they came up with some really good ideas in their head for cool stuff, and that's what this website is. It's just a, it is a, a, a showcase of some serious front-end coding skill yeah. apart from it does fail the core web vitals test yeah. as you said i run it through the i run it through the test and the test just says error it's like yeah. i yeah. cannot i cannot process this website what is it flash i don't know <laughs> uh but, but yeah it turns out the website i think it's it's cool um if i'd made that website i'd be so proud of myself uh but the um the only downside to the website is is you it's very difficult to figure out what are you yeah. actually getting? What, yeah. Where is this really super un, undesigned form somewhere? Mm -hmm. But on a wider point, you know, it is yet another form plugin. And uh, I listened to a podcast uh, just the other day on um, YouGurus, your colleague from the Mavericks, uh, Lee Brent Weaver, mm -hmm. and uh, he interviewed Brian Gardner, who was the who was previously the founder Studio of Press. Studio Press, and he sold Studio Press to Dopey Engine. And he was saying that, you know, if you're starting a plugin, like a major plugin at the moment, and when I say a major plugin, I mean a plugin that is designed for business um, solutions. So a form plugin is that because a business needs to send forms as forms completed versus a plugin that is like for us techies, something like pods or something like that. Then you're probably, you know, you're probably creating this plugin to sell it to one of the big hosting companies who wants to create a platform. So it makes me wonder, I wonder if this uh, plugin is, has got that in mind. It makes sense because it's it's brand new. It's going with the whole concept of the block editor. You use the block editor to build it. So, you know, I, I'm trying to refrain from share buying, uh, share buying advice here again. Honestly, but, uh, <laughs> the block editor is <laughs> such a sublimely good interface for building forms. It is. Once yeah. they, you know, once once all of the drag and drop stuff has been ironed out, and and it, I I just think it's such a good interface for that kind of thing. It's different as well, isn't it? This mm. is a different form building plugin than what we've seen before. Yeah. So it's it's a it, funnily enough, it is there is space for a new form plugin in the market as long as it's different 
And that's what we've got with this one. We've got a different form plugin well, for think one about it. a copycat. This, this number that goes from, th like, honestly, it went from 23% of the web, I think, when I started using WordPress, and now we're up to 41. It, it genuinely goes up at an astronomical rate. That, that must equate to millions of users every few, I don't know, every period of time let's 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 back out of that one um <laughs> they need something like this they want a form plugin right they're going to come to wordpress they don't know what the incumbents what the big players are they're going to do a quick google search maybe this will crop up if they do their seo right who knows um it just 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 out of interest everything is on an angle everything's on about a, what i would say about a five degree angle it's also on an angle on mobile and i hadn't noticed mm. lawrence has pointed out at There's the bottom right button. of the website is a nausea button it's brilliant <laughs> you can actually click and everything goes the right way around which is just absolutely brilliant and pete everett in the comments makes the point that if he was building this site he'd literally have to twist his monitor on one side to get the angles straight. <laughs> but it's just a breathtaking piece of what is possible. And I know it fails all of the tests and everything, but and I know also it probably makes you seasick. And for those people who, you know, really don't like consuming this kind of content, it's probably the worst thing that you're going to see all week. But there's just I just think they pulled it off so well. I really like it. I, I can't stand the diagonal, which is what I hated about it. Um, but I had noticed the nausea and was able to quickly change that very early on when I was looking at the site the other day and just enjoy normal content. Um, funnily enough, when it's straight, I got what it was about. And the best bit is if you go to native, the native bits are not designless. That's kind of less important to me. What I was interested was the, the native element of it. So it's a native Gutenberg-based form builder. And when Gutenberg first came out, I started building my own form builder because we recognized that internally as an agency, Gutenberg is great for building out forms or for building out layout, layouts and designs, but not so great for handing over to our clients who really just didn't get it. Um, and, you know, every time you press control A, was it going to select everything in the block or was it going to select everything on the page and everything that they were not used to doing in the old kind of old school classic editor. Um, but we back then were thinking, oh, we could build all sorts. And we even bought a domain can't remember what it was called. It's like Guten Forms or something like that, because we thought maybe we could build our own form builder and stuff like that, and, and then realized it was just a massive distraction because building anything like this is complicated. It, you know, Gutenberg, though, is here to stay. This is a form builder based on something that is native to WordPress, which is very exciting. If you look at, say, something old uh, like uh, Gravity Forms, I mean, obviously, it's a mature product, been out for many, many a year. But if you can have something that works within the interface of uh, of WordPress, i.e. Gutenberg, et cetera, then I think that is rather exciting. The only integration I've seen from, say, Gravity Forms or Formidable Forms so far is a block that allows you to put a short code into Gravity yeah. Forms. That's about it through Gutenberg. So this, yeah. I think, is a very clever idea. I loved the uh, <laughs> I loved the button at the bottom right because I couldn't cope with the diagonal. It was really hurting. My I actually wear glasses, but I'm too vain to wear them on camera. Uh, so um, <laughs> actually, that I just cheaped out and I didn't get the anti-reflective, so you'd see all my lights. Um, but yeah, uh, so I switched to flat and I got excited over the native uh, element of it. I don't know if it was me, just my computer not keeping up, but I noticed that when you, if you actually, if you could put it on the wonky, I don't know, maybe this won't even come over, but if you put it on the wonky angle and you actually scroll up and down, the entire page sort of, it 
Can you see it's that? It's using skew. Yeah, it's, it's uh, CSS3. Uh, I know, but it's just yeah. it's just such a beautiful a beautiful rendition. It is, of but it hurts app. my eyes. Yes, quite, That's quite, quite. Scrolling. The um, Cameron Jones makes the point that Gravity Forms has got a beta for 2.5. I don't know, Cameron, if Ooh. it's quite, it's very close, isn't it? Nice I, I got the email this week. Um, I was going to put it in, but then we've covered it a few times, but it's got a, a much more drag and drop Gutenberg <sighs> type, although it's all on the right, not on the left. Maybe you can move that. I don't know. But it's, it looks a bit like Elementor for, for gravity forms kind of thing. Checking drag that and out. Drop things. Yeah. Have a look. Yeah. Um, 2.5 is cool. We, we actually use gravity forms in our big platform on um, okay. Multi-site, so it's a lot. It's a lot prettier. It looks really, really nice, and they've done Been a lot using of classic editor, work. so yep. we didn't have to yep. do anything yet. <laughs> yeah, and then Chris Hughes makes the point that there's something called nativeforms.com, which also launched recently, which I missed. Uh, it's not WP; it's a SaaS, but it's got lots of great integrations. Okay, I will, I will make sure to look at that. The form, and then Lauren says. The form itself on the front end is very much like a type. Yes, that's it. It's this conversational style of form where you you type one answer in and then it scrolls to the next one and it just keeps you fixed on that one thing. Mm. Anyway, there you go. That was Nathan's pick of nauseating websites, which he really <laughs> likes for the week. That ought to be a section, Paul, each week, a nauseating With a jingle. Website. With a, yeah. Nauseating I'm website it. of the week. That <laughs> jingle, which is nauseating. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on. It's Paul again. Paul's going to tell us about automatic and jetpack boost. Yeah. So everyone is uh, jumping on the core Google Core Web Vitals bandwagon at the moment, including myself, because I'm doing a little talk about that at the Page Builder Summit. Where are you doing uh, that, Paul? At the Page Builder Summit. The Page Builder Summit. Oh, is it the a... PageBuilderSummit.com or is it PageBuilderSummit.com? It's, it's PageBuilderSummit.com. Yeah. Right. PageBuilderSummit.com. Dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Chris Hughes now. He'll go and buy the pagebuildersummit.com <laughs> and try and sell you the domain. Because this guy, Chris Hughes, is addicted to buying domains. <laughs> anyway, Chris, I love you. I'm only, I'm only winding you up. Um good idea. Anyway, so back to the actual piece. Uh Jetpack Boost is a new performance plugin which is free uh in the repo and you can install it. And I gave it a try. Uh here it is. What it does is it does a couple of small, simple um, performance tweaks like load critical CSS, defer non-essential JavaScript, lazy load, lazy image loading. I think that's pretty much it, actually. Yeah. Although they're planning to do some more things. On the on the Droopy Tavern article, they made a kind of uh, some some people involved in the project got quite um, into the comments actually. So uh, they were you know very aware that they were being talked about there, and they were saying that uh, they this plugin was developed side by side with the the VIP. Um, company or agency or something that is part of automatic to uh so, <laughs> so i don't know why i'm laughing sorry i'm um, putting comments on getting in the way yeah so, so they did it in uh they did it alongside the vip team who work with huge websites so apparently this has been really hard and battle tested on some huge websites so it's pretty stable out of the uh out of the whatever the starting line or whatever the, the metaphor that I'm looking for is. And, um, but here's the thing. I tried it on my website, but the thing is my website already does really well with no caching plugins. Cause I specifically made it for pagebuildersummit.com talk. And I made a lot of effort <laughs> to build it in the right way from the ground up. So my, my page scores generally 95 and a hundred on the, on the page piece scores and passes all the things, etc. I put the plugin on and it, and it, and it got worse. So um, <laughs> it didn't. So in my case, it didn't really help, but the fact is most websites 
aren't built the way that I've academically built a website specifically for a talk uh, as to, to prove a point. Um, so I think for most cases, as with most performance plugins, you'll install it and it will do some good stuff there. But I can tell you something absolutely irritating about this plugin, right? And that is that I installed it and it says on the, the repo page, this is totally separate than Jetpack, et cetera. So I'm like, cool, I'll install it. So I install it. Straight away, they're like, uh, connect it to Jetpack. I'm like, oh, man, it, it said a minute ago this was nothing to so. Okay, okay, I'll put my details in. I'll connect it up to my automatic or WordPress.com account, whatever. So I did that. And then I've got, I actually printed it out because I just didn't want the email in my inbox anymore. Um, they sent me an email. <laughs> Sorry for printing it out and destroying the planet. So they sent me an email. Here it is, uh, printed out a couple of different sides. And I'll tell you what it says. It's like, lazy loaded, lazy load images, you know, activate it. Great. Okay, thanks for that. But first of all, did you have to send me another email? Uh, manage your site on the go, download the desktop app. And then apparently I've got brute force attack protection activated. So I wasn't aware that I was getting that, but I didn't ask for it. I've got site activity activated. And also it's upselling me backups and automated malware scanning. So I just, you know, it's, there's all this stuff from, you know, Jetpack gets criticized for this a lot. And then they release a plugin that says, this is, don't worry, there's nothing to do with WordPress. There's nothing to do with Jetpack, guys. Just install it. It's, it will, and it even says on the page, it will always be separate. So I install it, and apparently it's installed a bunch of Jetpack modules in the background, and I'm getting emails from them. So I was a little bit annoyed about that because I was really led to believe this time that this was just an independent plugin. I install it, I press the button, and no one asks for my email, and no one sends me any more emails. And I think that, you know, Jetpack, just just stop, <laughs> just stop. Please, please stop doing that. It's not helping the big picture. It's not helping the um, conspiracy theorists about uh, what's what's going on here and stuff. But it seems to work quite well for some websites. Like I say, for mine, it didn't really do anything. But it was it seemed very easy to use. That was one thing. I installed it. It showed me my scores. I pressed a button some kind of cogs moved and stuff and some some you know some generating css buttons happened i wondered what that was doing in the background because it took a good 5 minutes and then it gave me a new score which like i said it was worse than it was at the beginning but i think i'm an edge case in that one yeah you really had gone yeah. soup to nuts making that website yeah. i am i am really curious about this um Sorry, total segue. I'm really curious about this. This I'm going to print it out so it's not in my inbox anymore. It's just well, actually no, in I my can, real I life. <laughs> I, I made up a new game this morning, right? Which was how do I get my inbox clear? And I made a little thing on. I put it on the back. You can see these little sticks there. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what the, the first one says chart. is yep. gone, which means I've dealt with an email and it will never come back. There's another one that says snoozed for another time. I'm trying to avoid that. Another one is snoozed for good reason, right? So there was a really good reason. Like I need to deal with this next week specifically. And then another one was snoozed personal. So the, the, the Jetpack email that I didn't ask for was messing with my inbox zero game for the day. So oh, I was I like, see. right, I, I want to refer to this in the podcast today, but I, I want to put another stick against gone. So I was like, <laughs> print, gone, done, solution. I know. Oh, that's I, need, I need mental help. I know. No, no, no. It's good. There's a. Do you yeah. use um? Do you use Gmail or or an, yeah. you know one of the? There's I a. I don't know if you've come across it. It's called Active Inbox. It's a yeah, Chrome it's extension. Good. 
and it allows you to label things in that way and you can sort of make them go away for a period of time you can sort of say disappear for eight days or what have you and tag them and do all that it's really good i like it you can um, also break uh, one email down into multiple tasks can't you, you can yes say, you know when you get an email from someone you're like there's there's 17 things in that and you can yeah, replace the title of the the subject line of the email with something of your choosing. So yes. that when you, you can actually remove the word at, urgent if it stresses you yeah, out. Or, or just, you know, I don't want to read this might be what you want to replace it with. Anyway, there you go. Um, it says, <laughs> Chris says, he thinks you're over overcomplicating email management. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, interesting. yeah. I was having a bit of a funny morning. It was one of those days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lee, anything on the Boost plugin from Automatic? Jet Nothing Boost. Paul hasn't already said. Fair enough. Okay. In which case, let's press on. We've got... Sorry, it just occurred to me, Paul, maybe that was one I should have mm. been introducing. So I apologize about that, but I know you've done a load of load of legwork on it anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your name appears yeah, next to it somewhere, or I was just looking at the wrong one. Never mind. Um, here we go. We're back to you, Paul, for the the WordFence article, the security yeah, piece I've, for the I've, week. I think I've, I've 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 you know talked myself out of energy now. Can I? I don't know if I can handle this one, but let's give it a go. So, um, so anyway, uh, this is we covered the other week. I think uh, Elementor uh, had a, a an issue with um, what do you call it? It's you know where it's got a vulnerability. Yeah. So there you go. I told you I've I've said too many words already today. I've run I've run out of quota. Uh, they had a vulnerability, and that affected all of the other Elementor add-ons as well because it kind of spread in that in that way. It kind of, um, yeah, I don't know my words today. But anyway, the point is Elementor is hugely successful, uh, hugely used on millions of websites, and uh, Word, WordFence has noticed how much traffic has been attacking all these Ele Elementor add-ons. And uh, you can combine it also with another article um, by Patchstack, is it called? Patchstack, who mm -hmm. used to be WebArcs, another yep. security company, who did a white paper uh, from their stats, from their firewall, that showed that over 96% of malware attacks uh, are aimed at plugins and themes as opposed to WordPress core itself. And I think the, the, the thing about this is, number one, um, take care of your security for your website. That's uh, especially if you're using lots of plugins and stuff like that. And number two, it's difficult to see to see where the um, responsibility lies with this. Is is it you know Elementor? Should they be working harder to make their system more secure, or should they be working harder to make it perform better or more accessible, or is this just how it is and there's nothing much that we can do about that? Um, you do see Elementor constantly creating, re, almost re, reinventing itself every couple of months. It comes out, and even though last time you heard about Elementor, it was all the most amazing things that you could ever want, a few months later, they've got another bunch of the most amazing things that you could ever want. <laughs> and yeah, and they and they are getting criticism. I know if you you know you in the if you're in the WordPress communities, the Facebook groups, the Twitter and stuff like that, you do see Elementor taking a lot of a lot of stick these days, which is I have mixed feelings about because number one, they allowed people to create a lot of you know income and and move forward faster with their businesses and everything. And now those same people are com complaining about it. But also, rightly so, those people are complaining because maybe Elementor needs to put more eye and more focus on 
on these stability issues, on these security issues and stuff like that. Because if you've got a plugin that big and it has a, a security issue and 96% of attacks are on plugins rather than core, then perhaps you've got a, a responsibility to help stop huge attacks of bandwidth and destroying the planet with wasteful bots trying to find things that are there and everything. So I've gone in all sorts of strange directions there. But um, yeah, Elementor, victim of their own success sometimes, I think. Go it's the same on. argument for WordPress, though, isn't it? I mean, you could say mm. that we've used WordPress for 15 years and we shouldn't be moaning about it. Uh, but, you know, I think people do have a right to have a good old moan if the company you're working with led you down one path and then continued to change their mind. And you raised the point earlier, Elementor has continued to change its mind. It's gone from being the the, the small competitor against something as big as Beaver Builder to being one of the biggest um, providers or one of the biggest platforms. Uh, and like you said, it has become a victim of its own success. What I didn't understand was, was it third-party plugins that were the ones that were getting most of the attacks or was it Elementor's only their third-party? No, it's, it was the, the, it's basically the, the, the WebArcs or the um, patch stack report yeah. was basically saying that what they can see is that almost all the exploits that get attacked are, yeah. are from the third-party um, plugins that yeah. aren't necessarily just Elementor, just that that is yeah. where the problem tends to lie, that yeah. we all install plugins and we go and check them out in the repo or we buy them from a marketplace or something like that. And a lot of the times those 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 add-ons to the, the core software have these vulnerabilities in them that so are constantly sounds like a fix as it were, would be that Elementor should, if they haven't already, because I haven't used it for so long now, um, uh, having some sort of just standard marketplace. It doesn't have to sell the stuff, but, you know, Elementor approved add-ons would certainly be awesome, um, you know, that have adhered to uh, the WordPress codex and whatever other stipulations they have because i assume like wordpress they're trying to standardize um i don't know if they are because like you said they do come out with a new feature all the time uh, to the extent that um i think i said a few weeks ago that i'd almost imagine elementor forking into its own cms and you know leaving wordpress behind because it's added so much stuff into itself it's, a, it's definitely a, a tough one isn't it but wordpress itself has the exact same problem there are countless plugins that are that create word you know wordpress vulnerabilities anyway don't they because of what's out there and maybe there should be more education to people to to help people understand mm. how to select a plugin uh, again that goes underscores the implementer marketplace doesn't it where there are people that are not educated enough to understand what is good and what's bad if something has 20 downloads a few bad reviews and some dodgy looking code how do people know how to tell it's also just compounded by the fact that people are not familiar with updating things often as well you know That's so true. obviously these these plugins I, I confess i haven't really followed this story particularly closely but let's let's make the assumption that they've updated whatever the vulnerability was um was using but the the problem may be that it, the, lots of the people that are using these websites simply don't have the facility or the desire to log in and go and get themselves updated so as always yeah. maybe even make use do you do paul i know that lee's mm. perhaps may not making use of this feature anymore do you have you in, are you starting to use the enable auto updates option across the board or are you still yeah I, do. On? yeah I do because it uh it just especially on the websites that i trust 
are stable yep. in this in this yep. area anyway so I, I do use that but just one thing i think the elementor and the add-ons did patch their plugins quite quickly but the um the the word fence report is more about that even with them all patched the attacks were just ongoing so a ton of bandwidth is kind of used up in firewalls and stuff like that for um for for the for these things when there's when there's such high profile vulnerabilities but um lee's uh, point actually um about forking uh with about a fork of wordpress i do think um leads nicely into our next and probably our final piece we're today. gonna have to treat this with great speed paul because i know that lee's yeah. got a hard stop fairly soon so we'll just we'll just All run right. this I down even everybody's... use the word skedaddle in skedaddle. my comment yeah. if you need to skedaddle that's i'll need to skedaddle fine. in 10 minutes yep yep no worries well basically uh this is it's not it's not news it's not happened or anything but basically there is a discussion going on in the WordPress community team about banning companies from sponsoring WordCamps if they advertise competitively against WordPress. Now they haven't named I don't think that the the actual post the the original post in the community is naming who that's about but the WP Tavern article suspects that it's actually companies for instance Elementor means as there was a bit of WordPress drama recently with Elementor running an ad that was relatively benign in my personal uh, in my personal opinion. And I think further down the page there, Nathan, you can see in the ad, it, it said something like frustrationless WordPress. There it is, <laughs> WordPress frustrationless. And then can you imagine how great the WordPress experience could be if it was user-friendly and intuitive? We did, it's called Elementor. So it is a bit of a dig I at like WordPress. That. And <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's typical. It is typical advertising. It's not in it's not in a community spirit, but it's not supposed to be. And obviously, they could have framed it a different way and said, "Hey, we really improve the user experience of WordPress and make it more intuitive for people like you." So they could have done that. But it does feel like Elementor are actually having a bit of fun poking at WordPress a little bit, and it makes you wonder, you know, if there is, you know. They've got a plan. Elementor have got a plan. They're smart, smart people. They know how to make money. They know how to make a product. They are in touch with their audience. Even with all the negative press they'd have recently, it is not affecting their growth whatsoever. There's just the thing, the thing I was going to say about the fork is that let's say they got banned from word WordCamps. Number one, that's not going to affect their income one bit. It's great. just going to stop more great advertising. Not, not, that is. Yeah. And let's say they then forked it. What an amazing story they could have. You know, we went in, we created a product, we made it better than WordPress. We got banned from the thing because we were a threat. And do you know what we did in the end? We forked it and made a better version for ourselves and our own product. Now, that's a conspiracy for you, Lead, before you go. What do you think about that? Well, I, I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, please I, Look at my big I smile. I think this is Look a terrible <laughs> idea to ban people from sponsoring WordCamps, um, you know, because then you're starting to think, let's go back to Apple. I think Lawrence mentioned Apple earlier and the whole 1984 thing. You know, WordPress and us as a community should not ban free speech. WordPress is as good as, as it still is. It, you know, I may not be happy with certain things, but it still is an amazing platform because of free speech and because grumpy people like me have an opinion. And I'm perfectly <laughs> happy as well in business for companies to try and call me out and make me work for my money. If they're going to say, hey, don't use Event Engine because, you know, why would you want that dude uh, building your website versus us? Um, fine, let's let's 
bring it on. Let's have a bit of a competitive fun. Why not? And I like what Elementor did there because let's be honest, it's actually true in my opinion as well. Uh, there are things that really frustrate me about WordPress. Actually, there's more things that is, uh, frustrate me about Elementor anyway, but I don't think we should be controlling people's right to speech and having fun. Um, heck, let's poke fun at Elementor or uh, at Wix or Squarespace. Why not? I think it's healthy. It's personally. an interesting one as well because it's curious. Uh, Lee, by the way, I'm going to – I'll be very quick um, because you would imagine that word camps and things like that, you know, that they would benefit from the sponsorship uh, coming from people like Elementor. So it is a curious decision. And we should probably point out on the screen now is a is a piece over on make.wordpress.org where this whole thing came to light. And it says, mm -hmm. recently a WordPress organi organizing team raised a question and it goes on. And so, mm -hmm. you know, this is not necessarily going to happen. It's just a curious idea. Yeah, it's just a question. And there's some great responses in there as well, actually, from completely different uh, angles, some, you know, kind of like what Lee was saying and some um, for the idea of, of, of stopping um, companies that that don't um, advertise in the same way. I'm pretty sure it's Bob WP who does a good comment in there as well, where he kind of says, well, this is this is classic advertising anyway. If you, mm. you know, it's not biting the hand that feeds you. It's saying that here is a thing and, and on its own, it's kind of dull or boring or something like that. Use our stuff. They, oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's pointing out there's a comment underneath talking there's about a good one yeah, yeah. Camo yeah there, and, then, and then um there is a uh there is an use our product and it makes this thing that's kind of bland very exciting um so there's all sorts of different views on this and i think that this is a good you know way to publish this stuff on the make wordpress.org and get lots and lots of feedback and probably you know the, the decision is probably made for them but i'd be interested to see if they do ban companies it'd be be kind of shocking if they did i think well i mean if elementor are banned from uh wordcamp then they can by all means sponsor my podcast because <laughs> i'll be available they can sponsor the page builder summit which i believe they already have you know there's there's plenty of other stuff and cameron mentioned that in the comments didn't he you know if there's going to be bureaucracy there's plenty of other spaces in our community and <laughs> and on that yeah. bombshell as they say on top gear we're gonna we're gonna have to end it thanks for joining us um we'll be back thanks next week we do it every single week me and paul and maybe lee will come on again uh, hopefully he will that would be really hopefully, nice i'll I'd certainly be inviting him he's we banned. The, we, yeah, he's banned. yeah. <laughs> Look, did you hear what he said earlier um we'll we'll be back next week as i said if oh, you don't see us can... then come thursday podcast episode will be released i've no idea what it'll be oh there you are i've Something. been looking at the wrong oh, screen the whole time yes Yes, I should probably <laughs> clean my glasses as well. Thanks for joining us. We've Thanks now reached the point where we do the ugly wave. Sorry, the ugly wave. The the unfortunately <laughs> difficult to time wave. Oh, you said Who the ugly wave. The ugly <laughs> wave. I'm going to call this episode the ugly oh, wave now. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>